Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Allentown's Sermon Podcast. As we approach God's Word, let's take a prayerful breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. Listen to God's Word this day. Good morning. My name is Lexi Simmons, and I'm currently a freshman in the youth program. Please join me in our prayer for illumination. Guide us. Oh God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover our peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <laughs> we turn to God's word this morning, first from the book of Exodus, reading from the 16th chapters, verses 1 through 5 and 11 through 18. Let us listen to God's word. The whole congregation of the Israelites set out from Elam, and Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread, and then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine, flicky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord had commanded. Gather as much of it as as each of you needs, an omer to a person according to the number of persons, all providing for those in their own tents. The Israelites did so, some gathering more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, those who gathered much had nothing over, and those who gathered little had no shortage. They gathered as much as they need as each of them needed. And our second reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, reading from the sixth chapter, verses 25 through 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you little of faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things 
warnings will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring the worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Bread. The scripture is full of the taste, the smell, the feel of bread. God is always promising it, always providing it. As Lexi just read in the, from Exodus, the people needed bread in the wilderness, and God provided manna. Later, Elijah and a widow will be taking the last morsel of bread she has, facing starvation. But there will be enough, for God will provide. Whenever you find yourself in a gospel, it seems that Jesus is breaking bread at a table with disciples. But not just with disciples, with Pharisees and tax collectors, all kinds of people. On the night of his death, the end of his mortal life, he will take bread, he will bless it, he will share it with the disciples. After his resurrection, it's when he breaks bread with some of his disciples that they recognize and know who they are dealing with. In the Gospel of John, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Anyone who comes to me will not hunger. On this day, we are looking, as Taylor alluded to the phrase in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. What do we mean when we pray that? Let us pray. O oh Lord, it is your word we hunger for. And so we pray once again that by your spirit, through these human words, your holy word might be heard. Not only heard, but take root in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the Lord's Prayer, we're now at a turning point. We turn at this point from, God's from our concern for God and God's affairs. We talk about God's name, God's kingdom, God's will being done. Now we turn to God's concern for human affairs, our bread, our need for forgive us, our need to forgive, our temptations. The lesson is clear, though we should begin with God's great purposes, we should not end there. Give us this day our daily bread. Seven words, one short sentence, but so much packed into those words. Consider that last word, bread. There's something elemental essential, vital about bread, and something universal. Every culture has some form, some type of bread as part of their diet. As the Bible declares, humankind cannot live by bread alone, but we all need it. We all have to have some bread in our diet. And is it any wonder that in a modern money-based economy like ours, bread became a slang word used 
for money, for something to earn, something to live on. But the bread, as Taylor said to the children, is something deeper than the slices we might have put in the toaster this morning. The manna that God gives us, gives the Israelites in Exodus 16, is real. It's physical. They are physically hungry. They need bread for their physical bodies. But this manna also represents something more. It satisfies a deeper hunger plaguing the Israelites. If someone has written, it represents deep hunger for protection against the fear of being lost in a wilderness, hunger for deliverance. It represents hunger for peace and confidence that will banish the anxiety of their new freedom now that they are no longer enslaved, now they are, that they are no longer in the place that they have always known in Egypt. The manna that God sends here in Exodus 16 also helps to feed that more intangible, that deeper need in the Israelites. During the bombing raids in World War II, thousands of children were orphaned. In the chaos of the bombing destruction, lost their homes, lost secure sources of food, seemingly lost everything. Hunger, even starvation, was a real threat. There were orphanages that took them in and provided them a place to sleep, provided them something to eat. But they found that many of those children were still so anxious because of all they had lost that they really struggled to sleep. And one orphanage found something that made a real difference. They would put a slice of bread in each child's hand and let them sleep with it. And they slept. As someone later observed, they knew that I had eaten that day and I will eat tomorrow. Bread, it makes a difference. Do you want to know how to pray, Jesus says? Pray for bread. Ask for what your bodies need, but don't stop there. Ask for what your spirits need and hunger for. What, will, what is it that will give us bread? Give us lasting nourishment for our bodies and for our souls. Ask for that, Jesus says. You know, it's not always easy to figure out what we really need, what deep down we're hungering for. As Lillian Dan Daniels, a pastor and spiritual writer, describes it, prayer is full of surprises for me. When I begin, I think I'm praying for one thing, but at the end of the prayer, I've amazed myself at what I've come up with. Sometimes when I'm praying for something I know is foolish, I come to the realization that there's a deeper need beneath it. Praying for an extravagant vacation in Hawaii, for example, might really be a prayer to spend more time with family and to be somewhere where the computer and the cell phone do not reign supreme. What do we really need? What are we hungering for, not just in our bodies, but in our souls deep down? Sometimes it takes time to figure that out. Sometimes it can help to have a spiritual friend who will help us discern what is underneath that worry, underneath that anxiety or anger or longing that we're feeling, but can't put into words. 
Over the years, Carrie and I, I have learned to add one more question with someone before we pray with them in a hospital room or in a counseling session or another pastoral visit. What can I pray for? Sometimes answering that question either on our own or with someone else can help us to identify that hunger, that which we really need. Give us bread. Jesus here is giving us permission to pray for ourselves, for what we hunger for. I've encountered some Christians through the years who feel guilty if they're praying for themselves. There's so many needs out there, so much more that they could be praying for, and all that is true, but Jesus invites us here to pray for ourselves as well. And he gives us the example of praying for himself. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's not praying for trivial things, but for deep down things. Let this cup pass from me. And look to his encounters with other people all along the way in the Gospels. When people come to him with their needs, when they interrupt his suppers or interrupt his teaching or interrupt his trips, did he ever turn them away? Never. Sometimes, as with the Pharisees, for example, or with the young rich man who comes asking what he must do, Jesus doesn't give them the answer they want but he never turns away from those in need. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us, it is the language of gifts and love. We're not bargaining with God in this prayer. God, if you'll do this for me, I will turn over a new leaf. I'll be in church next Sunday. I'll give all this money away. No, we come before God empty-handed. Give us this bread we need and can't get on our own, oh God. Give us the gift that only you can give us. As a parent, no matter what age my daughters are or my, now my sons-in-law or grandchildren, if they're struggling, if they have a need, I want to know. And while I know I can't solve all their problems, nor should I, I want to help and support them in any way I can because I love them. Friends, when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we're praying to someone who loves us and wants to help us and give us what we need. But even better, better than even the best of human parents, this God knows what we need and how to give it to us. Give us our daily bread. Then there are those pronouns in those, these seven words, us and our, the collective pronouns throughout the Lord's Prayer. It's never give me, it's never give me my daily bread. When we come before Abba and ask for bread, it's never just about us. God wants us to be childlike, but not childish. We're not the only ones who are hungry. We're called to pray for all who are hungry in body or spirit. We're not the only ones in need, and whatever bread is distributed, we're not entitled to the whole loaf. How good it is when we remember that everyone must be fed, everyone. 
Have you ever been praying when suddenly someone comes to mind? Maybe you just suddenly picture them or they somehow their name comes up and you wonder what to do or why it is you suddenly thought of it? Perhaps it's the Holy Spirit and it is a good thing to pray for them at that time. But it's good to do the next thing as well, that when our prayers are needed, perhaps that is the Spirit prompting us to give them a call or go by for a visit to check in on them. In the same way, we pray, not only do we pray for all to be fed, when we end our prayers, disciples of Christ are called to work so that all are fed. That's why we here at First Presbyterian support the Allentown or Lehigh Valley Food Bank. That's why we have crews that go and cook dinners at Ripple Ministry and Daybreak and family for our family promise neighbors. That's also why we support bipartisan efforts through Bread for the World and others for policies that will lead to the day when all are fed. To be sure, we Christians have political disagreements. We can disagree with each other about the best means to that end. But praying this prayer each week, can there be any doubt what that end is? What God's goal is? That all might be fed. That all might have their daily bread. That all might have enough. We've talked about a noun and the pronouns, and now there's that adjective, daily. We pray for what we need today. Recall what God says to Moses in Exodus, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. And so it happens that they go out and they do that and they have enough for the day. They go out later and try to get more. All they have is for that day, the rest rots. In a book discussing the Lord's Prayer, Al Wynn points out that one of the implications of this text for our times is we can't get a year's supply of the bread of life for our soul either. Some of us try to live in the spiritual strength of a conversion 20 years ago, or for a spiritual high we experienced a year ago. But these things won't keep. We need to pray each day. We need to hear the gospel each Sunday just to make it to the next Sunday. We need our daily bread. Recall also what Jesus says in Matthew 6, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble, and Jesus fully acknowledges that today has troubles, today's trouble is enough for today. We can make our future plans to be sure, but we should always write them in pencil. In this prayer, Jesus wants our focus to be on the present. As that lovable and wise coach, Ted Lasso, puts it, today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. God wants to give us a gift, wants to give us a present, the gift of bread, the bread we need for today. The future can be daunting. How do we deal with that? Take one day at a time. 
The mantra of the recovery movement comes right out of Jesus' words here in Matthew 6. Our needs, our loved ones' needs, the needs of the world, it can be overwhelming. How do we face them? The same way you eat an elephant, one bite at a time, one day at a time. Give us this day our daily bread. This is not just a way to pray, it's also a way to live. One of my favorite movies is It's a Wonderful Life. And while we often think of it as a Christmas movie, most of it doesn't actually take place at Christmas. In one of the most, or my favorite scenes, George Bailey has just gotten married. He's in the taxi, going on his honeymoon, all excited when he passes by Bailey Savings and Loan, and he sees a crowd of neighbors running to the bank outside the front doors of the credit union his father founded, and he's been running. The stock market has crashed, and there's a run on the banks, including Bailey Savings and Loan, Everyone wants their money right now. Stop the car. George jumps out, he races into the savings and loan and to stave off the panic, to be sure that the savings and loan does not financially collapse. He pulls out the cash he has in his pocket for his honeymoon and he starts to offer withdrawals for those who can't wait. George urges them to take only what they need for the moment because there's not enough to go around if everybody takes all that they have. But people are panicking. They want the whole thing right now. Blustering Tom wants the whole account. He wants to close his account. Ed wants to have all of his $300. The dwindling cash in George's hands will never be enough. And then Mrs. Meek, David, Meek Mrs. Davis steps up. And George asks her, so what do you need, Ms. Davis? Can I have $17.50? $17.50, enough to pay the bills, a simple, honest request, a request that keeps in mind the rest of those in the bank, the community, and focuses on the day. Because of Ms. Davis's request, the mood in the room changes, and there is enough bread, enough money to go around. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus is not just offering us a way to pray. Jesus is offering us a way to live. The lifestyle of God's people. Amen. Thank you for listening to First Presbyterian Church of Allentown's sermon podcast. We hope you'll join us for worship on Sunday morning. For more information about our congregation and our ministries, please contact the church office. Now go in peace.